In our lesson from Isaiah, we heard the voice from the throne say, who will go for us? Who will go for us? The New Testament relates this phrase, this verse, both to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, to Jesus in John chapter 12 and to the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 28. This is clearly a Trinitarian passage. Who will go for us? And this is, of course, Trinity Sunday, and so it's good and right and true that we should be reading texts about the Trinity. But this passage not only gives us an early indication of the triune God, it also informs us that this God, this triune God, our God is on mission. He's got work to do, and he's drawing workers into that work along with him on earth to bring a sinful, errant people a sinful, errant people into reconciliation with himself through forgiveness. And by that reconciliation, to heal not only our human wounds, but also heal the wounds of creation. That's what the triune God is doing throughout Scripture. And it's within this mission of the triune God that God calls the church, each one of us, to participate along with him in this work of reconciliation and ultimate healing of the wounds of our world and of ourselves. And for this next season of their lives, God has called the Stewardsons to this work, to a particular way. We're all called to it, but he's called them to a particular place and to do a particular type of work for his glory within his mission. And so in lieu of a sermon this morning, in lieu of a sermon this morning, we're going to invite the Stewardsons up now to share with us what it is that God has called them to do, where he's called them to go, how he's called them to go into this next season of their life, and how we might be able to partner with them uh, during this time. And so I invite you up, Kendall, uh, to share that with us. Thank you, Father Bendy. It's so nice to be here at our home church and getting to share what God has been moving our family towards in the last few years. In the last few weeks, it's been easy to see our world's brokenness. With our family, we've talked about how recent tragedies show us, in children's terms, because everything in our family is in children's terms, that God is meant to be the boss. And when humans try to be the boss, it is scary and it's sad. When faced with the fear and sorrow sin leaves, behind, we often ask, where and why? Where is God when these things happen? And why is he not stepping in and intervening for us? It has become increasingly more apparent to me the closer I get to God that we are the answer to this question. Jesus has called each of us in his church to become more like him and to love in an active and sacrificial way like he exemplified. The church is Jesus's direct answer to sin and suffering in the world. The good news of the gospel is that even though we rebelled, Jesus came, and with him he brought his kingdom. We are part of his kingdom, and the more we step out in obedience, the less darkness there will be in the world. One day, God will make all things new and bring all things under his kingship. And then, Revelation states that the light coming from Jesus will shine so bright that there will be no more darkness, no more sorrow. Revelations 21, 23 says, talking about the new Jerusalem, 
And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. Its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Like we sang this morning, it is not yet, but it will be. Jesus allows us to spread his light now as foreshadowing of that day spoken of in Revelation. That day will come true. Light will finally and infinitely triumph over darkness, the darkness that our rebellion created. But in the meantime, God calls us and sends us into dark places to bring hope and his light. To this mission, God has called all that belong to his church. Over the last one and a half years, God has been searing his mission into the hearts of our family. There are needs for the light of Christ here and abroad, but it has become more increasingly apparent that God has uniquely equipped our family to serve the people in a remote part of the world that do not have access to health care. Almost 10 years ago exactly, gross, Joshua and I felt that God distinctly called me to medical school. Along the way, he's given us just enough light for the next step we are to take. We now feel called to go to the highlands of Papua New Guinea, where I will be serving as a missionary doctor. It's amazing how sometimes God can call us to something we feel so unbelievably unprepared for, unprepared. But then we look back and see that God has actually prepared us for this exact calling in intricate detail. Praise God. And since God has called our whole family, I'm excited to have some help sharing some of the details of our upcoming adventure. Asher will be sharing more about Papua New Guinea with Ava. And Judah will share more about the actual hospital there. We are so sad to be leaving our church here. You all have blessed us beyond measure. But the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that we know we are not going alone. As light spreads from candle to candle each vigil, we take the light and the joy we received from being in this community, and we get to spread it wherever we go and wherever God calls us. And we love you all. So Asher's going to come up and share more about Papua New Guinea. New Guinea is an island a bit north of Australia. It is the second largest island in the world, after Greenland. Half of the island is controlled by Indonesia. The other half is where we will be, and that is Papua New Guinea, or PNG for short. PNG is about the size of California, and it has about the same population as North Carolina. Our hospital is in the highlands of Papua New Guinea, about a mile up above sea level. Papua New Guinea is near the equator, so normally that would mean it is hot. But being a mile up in the highlands help it stay a bit cooler. Being near the equator keeps the weather mostly the same all year round. Warm and rainy. The missionary there has told us there's a wet season and a water season. There's almost always a rainstorm in the afternoon. Our drinking water will come from a barrel, so the rainstorms will help keep it full. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the hospital where we'll work. 
if I can figure out my slides. The hospital is in a small town called Kuja, so most of the people in PNG call it Kuja Hospital. People from far away uh, come to get to the hospital. Kuja is committed to healing, not only physical healing, but also spiritual healing. Each year, Kuja Hospital tells thousands of people about Christ. The cool thing about ministry through healthcare is that patients are coming to you, which provides a whole different relationship with people. There were over 53,000 patients seen the hospital, hospital in 2020, and each year, 3,000-plus babies are born there. One of the cool things about the Kuju Hospital is that the missionary kids get to be in the hospital minister to the patients as well. Whoa. <laughs> um, about 96% of the people in PNG call themselves Christians. Sadly, however, many of the Christian people have trial beliefs mixed in, such as beliefs in witch doctors, witches, and curses. For example, if you have a burn, you might go to the witch doctor, and he would heal you. Sometimes the witch doctor actually has something that is helpful, but more likely than not, the doctor will cause more hurt than help. Thankfully, People can now go to the Kujib Hospital for healing in both body and soul. For those that do come to know Jesus, when they return to their homes in remote villages, they want to share what has changed. So what do they do? They start a church, and these churches are called bush churches. Once a month, we'll get to hike to a bush church and worship with them. The rest of the time, we'll go to the church near the hospital where the service is done in Pigeon. Master. They like put together what they wanted to do and what they wanted to say, and uh, we're, we're glad that God gifted them with presenting. I <laughs> um, figure next time we'll just have them do it all, so that'll be easier. <laughs> um, we are we're so thankful to get to be here this Sunday with you. Um, I was talking to some people out in between services, and I think this is our last Sunday. It would be a whole lot easier if we hadn't been getting to share at some other churches, which was a great privilege, but coming back this Sunday, it just feels we've realized how much we've missed um, and how much more we're going to miss everyone here over the coming years. Um, I am the, the administrative person, the family secretary, and so I get to share the boring details um, of kind of our roles and our timeline there. Uh, Kendall will obviously be a doctor, and that looks a little different there than what it does as an ER doctor here in the States. Uh, you wear a few more hats. and so. Uh, one of those hats is doing kind of the clinic each morning. So people will come from, you know, sometimes several days walk. Um, sometimes they're, they're by a road and they can hitch a ride and they'll come and gather uh, first thing in the morning and, and hope to be seen that day. And the handful of doctors there will do their utmost to see everybody who comes. Usually that's between 300 and 400 patients because you're, you're pulling from an area with about the population of Forsyth County, but you've only got a handful of doctors. Um, and so it makes for busy clinic hours, and she'll get to take part in that. And then about uh, midway through the afternoon, they usually uh, can get through you know, everybody who's, who's gathered. And so that's when they kind of get to turn their attention to uh, the people in the hospital and uh, help out those who've been caring for them all through the day. There's uh, around 300 national staff 
uh, nurses and accountants and uh, kind of physician assistant type roles um, who are who are caring, and so they get to participate with them in in ministering to to the people there, uh, doing things that usually in the ER you don't do many C sections or or things like that. But there they'll they'll train Kendall on how to do all sorts of all sorts of pieces. Um, my role is a little less well defined. I think my title is field systems coordinator, and they emailed and said, here's your title, and we don't know what it means, but we'll figure it out when you get here, um, which is great. I, I like to just jump in on things, so that'll be perfect for me. Uh, the girls will be doing kindergarten the first year, and the missionary kids' school doesn't start till first grade, so I'll get to do some homeschooling for kindergarten with them, which I'm very much looking forward to, and help our family transition to kind of a new way of life. Um, and the boys will get to do the mission school and, and uh, meet lots of kids there. There's lots of people who live near the hospital. A lot of the nursing staff uh, lives kind of right close to it. And so a lot of the kids get to hang out in this apparently big roving pack of children who go around and climb trees and, and so forth. So they're very excited for that. They've been practicing their tree climbing. <laughs> um, we are leaving North Carolina uh, here very shortly. Um, and then we have some training to do this summer. So we'll be training with Samaritan's Purse. They send out uh, 14 doctors each year through their world medical mission. And because it's a different type of medicine you're doing, we're very thankful that they prepare us. So they have people who come in who know what to do when you don't have um, a CT or an MRI in the country and how to handle what, what, what if you can't get these lab results? What do you do instead to kind of get your, your best possible medicine with more limited resources. So Kendall will be trained in that um, this summer. And then we'll also get to spend some time with family that we haven't seen while we've been here for residency. Um, and so we're looking forward to some, some sweet times with, with people that we haven't seen in, in a few years in some cases. Um, and then on All Saints Day Eve, Kendall gets to take her board exams, which have to be taken here in the US. So that's kind of what we're waiting for. Um, and, and then, Lord willing, uh, our visas have been lost in the mail once already, but they're on a plane hopefully right now with another missionary family hand delivering them to the immigration. Um, so, so hopefully if those come through, then the first week of November is when we'll actually get on a plane and spend the next two or three days traveling. It takes a while to get there um, to, to the hospital. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, I didn't say this in the first service because I was going to cry. So, but now I know if I don't make eye contact with Father Benji, I'm good. Um, <laughs> This church has been, sorry if I do anyway, um, the, just the discipleship that, and, and the love that this church has had um, has, has just changed our family. Um, to watch our children uh, just grow in the faith and to see our own um, growing closer to God uh, it's just been transformative. And so, I mean, I know we all already know we're part of something really special, um, but sometimes when you're leaving it, 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 it settled in a little harder. And so, not usually a crier. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for um, just people giving of themselves. I remember when the boys were being baptized, uh, Randy Ogburn and Father David and Father Benji would come to our house and would just catechize our children, which Anglicanism was new to us, and so we didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, and we learned what catechizing was, and it was a great thing, and they've just grown um, in, in so many really neat ways to see. Um, we put little, little sheets of paper out there if you want to um, continue hearing how God's working in our lives and fill out your email and put it in the offering plate or hand it to us. 
we, we are eager to come back after these two years and get to share with you what God's done. And in the meantime, we'd, we'd love to keep you updated. Um, and, and just um, more maybe for our sake than for yours, but still get to feel connected with our church, our church home and our, our church body here. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you for just welcoming us um, during these years. Um, it, it, it's meant the world and, and we're excited to take everything that we've grown with and spread that to other parts of the world too.